0: Hey, everyone. Welcome back to The Screenwriting Life. I'm Meg LaFoe. And I'm Lorianne McKenna. And today we are thrilled to be joined by award-winning writer-director Kelly Freeman Craig. Kelly is the award-winning writer
1: and director of two feature films, The Edge of Seventeen, starring Haley Steinfeld and
0: Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret, which will be released in theaters tomorrow. Kelly's work is celebrated for its unflinching depiction of teenage girlhood, which the New York Times calls smart and achingly bittersweet. Kelly, welcome to the show. Oh, my God. Thank you guys so much for having me. I'm so I'm so happy to be here. Well, we are thrilled to have you here. We're all huge fans. We got a chance to see your movie that's coming out, and we're all just slightly gobsmacked and thrilled that you're here to talk about it. Um, but before we do... Oh. Kelly Mm -hmm. has agreed to um, do what we call adventures in screenwriting, which is just talk about our weeks, let people peek behind the curtain a little bit. Um, Sometimes it's quite mundane. Um, Lorian, how was your week?
1: My week was good. I had a good week this week. I've been very busy. Um, I wrote uh, like an animated short for a company and it's, it's short. It's like, eight pages long, I think. Um, and as I turned in my second draft, they already started working on the concept art. So as I turned in the final, I got a little sneak peek of some of the art. And Ooh. it's so gratifying to to Ooh. know, like I delivered a script and they're working on the art and it's gonna be real and made it real. Yes. Other people's eyeballs yes. are gonna be on it. Like this thing came from my head, my imagination, like Wow, that is a character I completely made up. No one else has that character and there it is, right? And there, there it so is and it exists. Oh, yeah, yes. And just a really beautiful feeling of like okay, I don't have a big TV show right now, but I have this little short that means so much to me. It still has my thematic in it and i working mm-hmm. with people I really love, so it's really great. Um the other thing that happened this week is that I saw your film, Kelly. Mm. And I did not read the book and I am so okay. mad that I didn't know more about the book. So when I was a young girl, I saw the book mm-hmm. and I saw that I had the word God in the title, uh-huh. and I was like, "Hell no!" Is that right? I was raised raised by a, I was raged. That's exactly uh-huh. how you would describe. Nice I, I, <laughs> I know. I was raised by a Jewish mom. Mm -hmm. And my dad was Catholic and neither of their parents, neither of their parents were into it. Like, I think they tried to get married before my dad was 21. And back then you needed parental consent. And his parents were like, nope, no marrying a Jew for my son. So I was raised with no religion and told that I could decide when I was an adult with no exposure to any organized religion until I turned like 13. And my mom was like, let's be Jews. So... (laughs) I had no idea that this book was about a young preteen Jewish girl struggling yes. with religion and her identity around puberty. And I'm so mad that I didn't know. And oh my I God. thought when I started watching the movie, I was like, oh, I bet they made her Jewish to like modernize it because I uh-huh. I was shocked then to discover that that's actually in the book. Yes. And I, the only book I read about a teen Jewish girl was Anne Frank. Oh my so, gosh. So I so I watched it with my daughter and I talked to her mm. about all this stuff. So it was, yeah. you know, cuz we still struggle about religion and she goes mm. to a Christian school but we're very secular Jews and Yeah. So it was just this like I it's I, I know this isn't what we're supposed to be talking about in my week. You know, I'm supposed to be talking about like my writing process but but this has made me really reexamine my when I was younger, my rejection of things that I was uncomfortable mm, with, like mm. "Oh God, no," you know, and I didn't celebrate. I hated all holidays. I was like, "No, gross!" Like I couldn't. I went to a Catholic college. Similarities, yeah, yeah. But I went to a Catholic college for God knows whatever reasons. God mm-hmm. knows. See, um, mm-hmm. but I just—it was really about why how I have to, how I've changed so much as an adult, like things that make me uncomfortable, I should probably investigate, Mm. lean into, explore, at least be curious about because like every single person in my generation loves this book. So like, and I was like, hard pass for me. I'm smarter than that. Anyway, (laughs) so that's been going on in my week. The sort of like, wow, I have not always been a curious, open person. (laughs) Anyway, uh,
2: Kelly, how was your week? Wow. Well, first of all, I just have to say, I I don't think I've talked to anybody who has more similarities with Margaret than you, and
1: you did not read the book, so it's yeah, it's mean, just it's so wild. But um, okay, here's a similarity but, though. I was not praying to get my period. I was pretty okay. clear that that was something I was not interested in and did not <laughs> want. That wasn't something I was hoping to get. Like, I mean, I did feel the. The competition and all the girls my age were developing, and I was like, "Uh, uh-uh, uh, I'm happy. Be a little girl, me. No, I was really? not. So, was so not... that's interesting.
2: So, what about where? Where did you like? Wh- what was your development schedule like? Were you right on time? Were you late?
1: Were you early? Late, late. Okay, yeah, I was late too. I had I grew like six inches when I was eleven, and then I kept mm-hmm. growing. I was yeah. late. I was thirteen. Okay, so, yeah, you know, I was quite happy. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I was a late bloomer, and I was just distraught about it. I was
0: so upset.
2: (laughs) Yeah. This is wrong that this has happened to me. Uh, Yeah. I couldn't. I. I. I was. I was praying to God every night for a decent pair of boobs to come in finally.
0: (laughs) Um, (laughs) uh,
2: So how was your week? Oh my gosh. So my week. Um, it's been it's been a, a wild week because I'm because, you know, we're doing all this press for the film. And so um, I'm on like a press tour. So I started out um, in Chicago and, you know, doing like local morning shows and then now I'm in Austin and did their morning shows. And, um, and then I go to New York and it's definitely, um, it's a, it's a wild week because I think of my, because I'm a writer, I, I, I'm such an introvert. <laughs> definitely like I'm going to uh, yeah, after this whole thing is over, I feel like I'm going to need just yeah, like a good solid month just like alone in a dark room. Absolutely.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. So Absolutely.
2: um so yeah, but it's good. I mean, I um I'm I'm stretching beyond what I like what I thought I was comfortable with, you know? Because I'm such a happy, like I'm such a happy like hobbit person I'm just like I'm happy being in my in my house behind my laptop and directing is I mean directing is obviously like you're very much around a lot of people but you are like you're a pair of eyeballs and you're a pair of hands and you're serving the work and then and then like all of a sudden being in interviews and stuff like that it's like it's eyeballs looking at you which is just a new thing for me to get used to and um yeah. And it's been kind of its own just like journey, emotional journey of like uh, feeling really awkward about that at first and then, and then kind of like sliding into more, more comfort around it. Not complete comfort, but
0: you know, the learning you, a lot. As you're, because you're still serving the work, of course, it's just in such mm-hmm. a different way. Um, do you ever percolate on your new project as a way to just be in that creative space or is it impossible? Like you just have to. Uh, be- I've-
2: I wish I could. This is actually one thing I hate about myself as a writer and creative person is that I am really like uh, single-minded when I, I I can only focus on one thing at a time. So it's like, I feel like I have to burn this and then, and the, cl- and the book has to shut and then I go on to the next thing. It's like my brain can't, it, it, it can't. It's like I eat, sleep and breathe the thing until it's done.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So well, it works for you.
1: I have and a question so. for both you and Meg. So going on a press tour for a film that you have is the dream. Right. Uh, and so I wish you guys would talk a little bit about that because I want to hear the goods and the bads. Right. It sounds like it's exhausting, but what mm-hmm. is the practicality of it? Are you going from like hotel to hotel? Or are you sitting mm-hmm. in a room and press people are coming in? Is it the same questions <clears> over? <throat> like I, I, I want to know, cause I have no idea. I've only know what I've seen on TV.
0: Yeah. Well, Meg, what's your experience like? Uh, well, it's, it's helpful that there's usually always with you, somebody either from the studio or somebody, you know, to help guide you through the, the kind of different, you know, okay, this is this person and this is their, you know, where they're from. And, um, and then it's just talking a lot about. The origin. I mean, I I was also a producer with Jodie Foster, so I learned to do it as a producer mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. where you're very strategically trying to talk about the project um, mm-hmm. in terms of what you want people to know about it and what you want them to remember and why they should go see it and that kind of thing. Whereas a mm-hmm. writer, I don't know how you find Kelly, but it feels a little bit more the questions and kind of what your intent is to really your your storytelling and where did it come from and Mm -hmm. uh, you know it's it feels a little more personal in that personal, yes. Uh how, how, How did you find it? Yeah, I I
2: find it to be exactly that. Um uh it's it's definitely um it's a so part of part of how they do it now is um this I didn't experience with the edge of 17, but now they do it all digital. So you show up at these junkets and it used to be that You'd go, you know, you go from hotel room to hotel room where there are different people that are sitting there interviewing you. But now it's just you and the studio and the publicist, and you sit in a chair and you have a camera pointing at you. And then on the other end is just is a TV screen where like a Zoom screen essentially where these different journalists just pop up and it's like so-and-so from you know, Wisconsin has four minutes with you, and then, you know, and then the next one, next one, next one, next one, next one. Like, like fifty of them in a row. It's it's just wow. it's wild. Yes. So it's part of like the challenge is it kind of all sorts to blend together. And sometimes you're talking to somebody and you're like, did I say that to you already? Like you're just you uh-huh. get kind of confused where you are. And like my big fear is that I'm going to say the same thing I just said. And <laughs> they're going to be like, you literally just said that one <laughs> ago.
0: And keeping so, it fresh too, because there are certain things which I'm sure there's going to be some questions even we ask you today. Then everybody's asking you because it is such a core question uh, of of this process and this beautiful movie. And it's trying to keep it fresh. Right. So that you really mean it. You really are in the moment.
2: Yes, exactly. And and, uh, you know, when I first was doing when I was doing on the edge of 17, like I thought I couldn't even really say the same sentence. So like I felt like somehow I, I don't like I needed to say it new every time which was a huge mistake because I, every time i would try to say it in a different way it would just be more jumbled <laughs> you know i just needed to stick with the
1: you know stick with my my points um you're still revising so, revise exactly, revise yeah, make, it exactly. make it better make it better make it better and then you just make it worse and then you go back to what you wrote originally exactly right it's we keep learning that lesson
0: <laughs> when i was a producer or an, an a teacher i would have young emerging writers say to me well i don't want to summarize my movie in one sentence cuz it's an art it's a piece of art it's an indie film it can't be summarized and uh-huh. i was like well here's the thing you're yeah. eventually going to go to a film festival or have press you're going to have to summarize you're it cuz somebody's going to do it someone's going to write the synopsis in the festival book someone's going to write the article better you do it <laughs> that's about right what is this about what is the words what are the themes so all the stuff we talk about in terms of the crafting and creation of the of of the drafts yes ultimately you do have to bring that into your conscious mind with words because yes. you're gonna have to do it in the very exactly. kind of pressure filled moments
2: yes exactly exactly yes and it's always hard i always dread that moment where i have to whittle it down to three sentences you know and i always feel like it doesn't quite capture it but you have to you have to yeah
0: all right so meg how was your week I was talking to a producer friend over uh, coffee and she said something like, I I thought the other day I have to go do that. And instead I thought, no, I get to. And I was like, Oh, that's Mm -hmm. basically where I am with writing right now. Like part of my brain Mm. is like, I have to write. And I have to keep reminding myself, no, you get to, you Mm. get to go do this. Um, and I'm having that feeling a, because I'm a little bit tired because I'm coming off a huge job and going into another one. Um, but it's also because there's so much lava in this this one. It's an old project that's come back to life. And I feel like I am very much am still the person who wrote it. All the mm. all the lava, as we call it on our show, is still there. Mm-hmm. And yet I'm not that person anymore. Do you know what I mean? Like I mm. I've evolved past this. And I'm lucky yeah. that I'm writing it with my husband because he's able A to withstand my lava spewing around the room. I don't know that any other writing partner would be as compassionate and uh you know, with me as he is being. Um because I'm literally going, no, I don't like it. No. And he was like, whoa, OK, <laughs> what's going on? What did I just ask? It doesn't matter what you ask because I'm not doing it. And I'm like, oh, my God, what is happening to me? What is happening to me? I could never do this like at Pixar or any other professional place. But somehow because it's my lava, I trust this writing partner so much. It's coming up like it's uh, it's arriving. And he's able to help me see how I've changed. And that this this lava is kind of an echo of a childhood thing, but that Mm. I'm not that, but that I'm not that child anymore and that I can (laughs) use it. I can use it for the work. It's part of it, but I don't have to be it. Uh, He said, Mm. you know, like there's a difference between using it as artistry and using it as therapy. And Mm. I was like, yes, this is a very clear delineation that I'm trying to work through with him right now. Um, and I'm super lucky, again, to have somebody so close to me doing it with me. I and, mean, of course, it's deepening mm. our relationship. He's learning things about me. Um, yeah. So it's just an interesting time. It's uh, I, I always talk about lava on this show. I always talk about going <laughs> here. Well, people, I'm going. <laughs> tell me tell me what's your definition of lava? Because I I, I haven't. It's kind of the burn that you can feel as you get close to that vulnerable, almost unconscious stuff that you don't even know why you're writing this story, but mm. it's starting to come up. It can come out, out of a scene that you never saw it coming from. Um You know, it was it came from working with a friend of mine who had a a special needs son. I do, too. And Mm -hmm. I started talking to him about where I wanted him to go with the project in terms of his son. And he said, so you want me to stick my head in lava? And I was like, no, your Mm. whole body, meaning he could intellectually tell me all about his son. Wasn't telling me about his doubts, his fears when he you know, every parent. You don't like your kid all the time. Nobody talks about it, but. Your kid can be a yes. jerk. I don't care yes. if they're disabled or not. What? Yep. Yeah. Yes. No. Hello. <laughs> what? That stuff. That stuff you're not supposed yeah. to talk about. You're not is supposed the, to. That's right. Yeah. That's the stuff of artistry. You know, that's the stuff of catharsis. That's the stuff. And which, by the way, let's beautiful segue into this film. Because, you know, the book itself was celebrated and banned for the same reasons. Right. And yeah. you, you're walking into that in a in a in a different era. But unfortunately, a lot of things are are still with us Um Yeah. So, uh, you know, our first question, I'm hurt. I know just to talk about you've gotten this question a million times, but we do need to ask because we're so Mm -hmm. curious. How did it come about that you got the book? Because I know she was very protective of her book.
2: Yeah. um, Yeah. She wouldn't let anyone adapt it for ever. And she wasn't planning on it. Um, But uh, basically, after I made my after I made my first film, The Edge of 17, I was thinking about what I wanted to do next And, um, and at the time I was kind of, I I was getting sent a bunch of things to do, which is, which I think is what happens after you have something that, that is well-received in in some way, like you're sent everything. And so I felt like for a few months, all I was doing was, it was like a full-time job, just like reading and passing. Like I felt like all I, you know, like I owed it to everybody to read the full script and really be thoughtful. But then... It was just months of passing. And so, um, so I thought I really need to, I really need to stop like playing defense and actually play offense, you know, and think about what do I want to write? What do I really want to write about? And so I thought, okay, who are the authors who really impacted me? And the, the person, the first person that came to my mind was Judy Bloom. So, um, so I started to revisit her work. And when I got to this, when I got to Margaret, I just, it just like, it just bowled me over. I mean, I got, especially I got to the last page and there was something about the ending that just struck me so hard. I was just like, uh, like uh, weeping by the end. And I was like walking in circles trying to figure out what had happened to me emotionally, Mm -hmm. you know, like what had it touched? Um, cause it really touched something in there that I was trying to wrap my brain around and put words to. And, um, so r- I reached out and I wrote her an email, um, telling her how much her work had meant to me. And, um, that in a lot of ways I became a writer because of her and stuff. And I said, I really think this would be a beautiful film. Um, and it turned out that, so first of all, you send that, you don't think like, you know she's ever going to respond because it's Judy Bloom. Um, but it turned out that uh, the next day I had an email back from her, and she had read or or she had watched The Edge of Seventeen, and which I was like, oh my god, you know Judy right, right. watched my movie, <laughs> what you know? Um, and so yeah, so it was that. So she the way she tells it that she was convinced it was sort of a combo of the letter the having you know seen and, and responded to the movie. And then also that um, James L. Brooks, who produced my first movie would be, you know, would be on board to produce, to produce mm, this. So true. it was like those three things that, that softened her stance.
0: So. Amazing. Amazing. I'm so, I'm so, so happy she gave it to you. I mean, we're also lucky that she did. Yeah. Oh, uh,
2: anyway. I'm so, I'm so grateful that she, that she, that she decided to do it.
1: So when you approach the adaptation, there's so much in it, right? Puberty, 1970, mm-hmm. the book, religion. How did you find the right balance, right? The, the tone mm-hmm. of it so that it felt like it speaks to a modern audience, right? Those mm-hmm. people in my of my age who read the book and are fans and then a yep. new audience. Because both my daughter and I watched it, very connected mm-hmm. to it. Yeah,
2: yeah. Uh- Well, I I actually think, I think that's one of the most amazing parts about her book is that it feels, it feels contemporary any decade you read it. You know what I mean? I mean, when I read it in in 1990, I didn't know that it was written in nineteen six in 1970. Like I, I experienced it as a modern, you know, a a modern story. And part of it is like her book covers, like it it was like an 80s or 90s book cover, you know what I mean? So I, I had no idea. Um... But uh, so you know, so a big thing that I was thinking about is how to how to convey that, how to get that timelessness in the film. So a lot of that was actually just thinking about, a lot of that was directing stuff, thinking about like talking to the production designer and costume designer about how to do 1970, but also sort of any year, you know. Um, but when it came to the writing aspect, it really was more. It, it, honestly, it's it's a credit to her because, like, she's the one who wrote this story. That's that has been so lasting. Um, and so I felt like I was trying to um, deliver the feeling of it, the the spirit of it, really, most of all. And and my you know my barometer became if it makes me feel the way the book makes me feel then, then I'm on the right track. You know what I mean? Cause I think, I think part of the adaptation process mm-hmm. is what, you know, is where you can make changes and where you can take license and how you can take license. So, so that when, when, when that became my kind of guiding light, then, um, then I feel like it freed me up from my own
1: uh, pressure that I put on myself to not screw this up. You know what I mean? <laughs> so as a former girl, Margaret's age, going through something mm-hmm. similar, how hard was it to connect to her? It's all through her point of view, right? I mean, mostly. Mm-hmm. How hard was it to be in that space with her when you were writing it? Like, mm. you know, when you're when you're so close to it, mm-hmm. you know, like, was there crying? Was there walking away? Was there anger that chip, came up? Chip eating. Chip, I eat a lot of chips. Oh yeah. <laughs> Meg yeah. eats a lot of cookies. Um, we have sweet, our sweet we have salty. our little crutches to get us through the the sort of zaps, unexpected zaps you get when you're writing yes. something really personal. Like yes. what was that? I don't know if you can talk a little bit about that, what that journey was. You
2: know, it's it's I'm so glad you guys are talking about this. I think it's very interesting because I don't know what this means, but I like those zaps like I actually as you're describing like the lava what you call the lava I'm like oh I don't know what it is about me but I want to dive into it and feel all of it and hurt and laugh and I I don't know what that means like I it's
1: I don't revolved.
2: know I, congratulations well, I, I, you've been I diagnosed evolved.
1: with being a writer that's your diagnosis <laughs> you a writer because we I mean my experience we is do I like love it, it yeah. but I yeah. hate um, it. Like it's terrifying yes. before I'm in it. But uh, while I'm yes. in it, while I'm in it, I feel like ah oh, this is where I belong. This is the peace. This yes. is the flow. I lose time. But before yes. I jump in, I'm like, "Oh god, no. Never. Ever ever. I'm going to do everything I can to protect myself."
2: That I think no, I think you're exactly right. I think that's I think yes, and and I also realize part of my protecting myself, part of my not wanting to dive into it, is that I'm scared I'm not going to be able to actually convey how I yes. really feel in a way that satisfies me, and a way and in a way where I go, that's it, that's the feeling. Yeah. Because uh, oftentimes the feelings feel so complicated, I don't think I can put them into words, and I'm scared I'm going to fall short. You know.
0: Um, Don't you think that too, as women, uh, especially so much of our life, at least back, I don't know about today's younger people, but so much of our life was being misinterpreted or mm -hmm. redefined. Our experience was being redefined for us. And sometimes I worry, I think some part of me unconsciously is very defensive of that piece of me because Mm. it doesn't want it to be misinterpreted or redefined or told it's wrong or told you're too emotional or you're too sensitive or that didn't really happen or whatever those messaging that can come in, especially to women. And that can happen to anybody. Yes, Um, But I think for women, especially, we are burdened with that a little bit.
2: I think I think that is so true and so well articulated. yes. I, I, yeah, absolutely. Especially um, for I this book think...
0: too. I mean, this was a girl's <clears throat> experience. It's so intimate.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is, and um, and I, you know, I mean, part of what I love about her is that she does. I mean, part of why I admire her so much as a writer is she does say all those like unsayable things. You know, she puts it all out there. She she writes with such freedom and bravery. And, you know, I really, I admire that I'm actually reading summer sisters right now for the first time. I had never, that's the one, one of hers that I had never read. Um, and I'm just, again, like my jaws on the floor. Cause I'm like, damn, well there you're just, just putting it all out there. I don't know if you've ever read it, but it's, I mean, it's, it's what makes her, so legendary you know what i mean she's not afraid to say the truth
0: yes yeah and the truth can feel like lava but it will set you free just to yes it, it's, yeah. a it's a real thing
1: how yeah. aware are you like the reviews are all very positive you're getting mm-hmm. you know there's it's it's a great movie i think it's going to be do really really well but how what is the pressure like where you have adapted this piece of material that she mm-hmm. had was never given to anybody, and it's like before your reviews start to come in and the movie's done, like, yeah, terrifying. It's totally talk terrifying. about your fear now for a minute. Yes. What I want oh, you no, to do, I, yeah, I waited <laughs> a long time about my fear.
2: <laughs> um, uh, yeah, you know, it's I I actually have to say, I think the scarier part is, um, right before your my first test audience with a movie, because that is when you really know where you are. Um, because, um, in that, in that situation, I'm like, I've just come off of being in the editing room with it. Just for months and months where you can't see the forest for the trees and you think Hopefully it's it's making it, it's making sense and it's it's going to emotionally take people places but you don't know because you're just too inside it and you really desperately need those fresh eyes to to react and just be in the room with everybody feeling it and feel where like the pacing is off or this joke didn't quite land or they're really here and you actually need to give this more space like those types of things so that is the moment I'm always the most terrified for, um, because that's where I, that's when I know, have we done it? You know? <laughs> like, I, so I find that I find that almost more terrifying than the reviews for whatever reason that I'm like, I mean, I'm just like a nervous wreck going into those.
1: Understandable. Understand. Yeah. But what do you wear? right that's <laughs> the most important like I want to what do you wear to a press junket and what do you wear to the thing I like you distract yourself by what you wear because I find that very distracting and comforting I, what am I gonna oh wear my, oh my god I am so glad you bring this up because
2: it is embarrassing how much you have to think about what you're gonna wear yes <laughs> like a female yes. screenwriter or director because you're not you're it's not, an whole you're level not like of a judgment. lawyer you're right uh, yes and and, and I'm no also, one's dressing us
1: and no it's, yes it's just And you can't wear the dream ball gown you want to wear yes, right like yeah. like you can't wear cuz that's what actresses get to yes, wear right exactly. you you, can, yes. you have to play a different you are on a different yeah. street you're in a different lane on the red carpet like it's a whole yeah. different thing and and yeah, and I've had a lot of like
2: self-talk about what you're allowed to do and not allowed to do. And at some at some points, I feel like I'm trying to play by all the rules. And at other points, I get actually mad, and I'm like, No, I'm gonna do whatever I want to do because I'm an artist. You know? Yes <laughs> And then <laughs> and then I do it, and then I'm like, Why did I do that? I should have just <laughs> worn, I should just worn the white collared shirt and black pants. You know. <laughs> so,
0: <laughs> I'm so. So glad I, I'm not honestly, alone. Oh I'm so my god. I'm not alone it, on that. It,
2: it is the worst. It is the worst. And um it, I know what yeah. I did. I had what? to go to the
0: a premiere and I was mm-hmm. too cheap and just busy and I didn't get the make professional makeup, you know, counter lady. Because uh-huh. once I did that, and it was terrible. So I tried yes. to wear false eyelashes and put them on myself. You guys, every picture, I look like I have spiders coming out of my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> so bad. Don't do it. Just pay to get the professional makeup artist done. Oh, yeah. my God. <laughs> but it's part of the journey. Like, this is what success yeah. looks
3: like.
2: Right. Well, and also, all- as a woman, as a woman screenwriter, I swear to God, I don't think enough people talk about it. But it is. it, it and, and it feels the thing about it. Is it feels so embarrassing and petty to talk yes. about it? You know what I mean? You feel like, what kind of person am I that I am worried about this? Like, I'm not like I need to be worried about the content of what I say. And instead I'm like, is this outfit okay? Like so it's or, very... wha-
0: but it does have ramifications because <laughs> like the dress I wore to one premiere, I was like, Why did nobody tell me there was too much boobage? Why did nobody tell me this? Yes. I'm walking down a carpet. Where are my friends? Why are they not telling me? <laughs> Don't wear that dress. Like <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Because you know, it's real, it's a real thing, and those photos it's are forever, real. people. They're That's forever, exactly. We're right. gonna That's Google a- you, and here it comes. They are yep. forever. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna, good. I'm gonna wrap this back to craft because okay. I have a question I want to ask. Uh, which uh-huh. is, um, one thing I love about your film so much is, um, it would have been very easy to write a movie where a girl has things happening to her, mm. which of course, there are things happening to her, it opens, mm-hmm. she has to move, there are things happening to her, but you you have such this incredible balance of her agency and her choices Mm. and that she's still driving the movie. And I have questions about that, both from a creation standpoint on the page as a writer, because so many emerging Mm. writers and me, honestly, in my first drafts, it's all reaction and things happening to characters, especially female characters versus no, no, Mm. she's creating this movie. She's making choices. And then how it was to work with those young actors in terms of that.
2: Yeah. um, Well, first of all, the stories that are always most interesting to me or the conflict that's always the most interesting to me is me versus myself. Like, and I think that's kind of, I think maybe those stories are the ones that are, you know, there's, there's a aspect of agency because it's like this part of me, the scared part of me and this brave part of me are like, at, you know, at war. And um, so so I feel like that's kind of what I'm always exploring and I and I feel like I start I normally I when I'm thinking about a story to begin with I I'm asking myself this question which is like what lie is the character telling themselves to begin with and what truth do they discover by the end that like they can only discover through the course of this this particular journey you know so it's like that's kind of always in my brain and in a lot of ways, again, that's like me versus myself. You know what I mean? Um, it's it's a change of my own mind. Um, so in um, a lot and of ways, you, I think
0: you, that... Well, sorry, go ahead. Sorry. In a lot of ways.
2: No, 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 no. I was just going to say, I think in a lot of ways, that is the coming of age journey. You know what I mean? It is very self-exploratory.
0: And then how is it... Did you talk to that uh, in those kinds of words to your young actors about the lie she's telling herself, or did you find another way in to help them f- understand that that struggle in the character?
2: Oh gosh, we talked in all sorts of different all sorts of different ways. I mean, um I love to talk to actors about like what they're most scared of, what they you know what what are they insecure about, what are they? What do they want? I also like to layer on little things like, you know, um, you wish you didn't wear this dress because it's too tight and you don't think it looks good. and just like what that does to your physicality, you know, or uh, I, any number of things like that that just add a little layer of something. Um, uh, yeah, I'm very much always thinking about what it is what do you want that you can't get in this scene?
0: That's great. And we need to think about that even as we're writing. Yes, I absolutely. I think of that as, as I'm writing. I'm all, yeah, always thinking about that. Yeah.
3: I think like connected to that, Kelly, I, I'm a writer-director as well, but sometimes I feel more like a writer than a director. Mm-hmm. So I, I think what I'd love to ask you about is as mm-hmm. a writer-director, like, do you have any negotiation with yourself around your own identity? Mm. When you think of yourself as an artist, do you think of yourself in a certain way? To me... There is crossover between the two, but I feel like, gun to my head, I feel like a writer who's given the chance to be on set and, like, let the script that I'm really, really proud of be performed by these wonderful actors and, like, kind of get out of the way. Um yes. but I guess I'd, I'd kind of be curious to hear you, like, you talk about your identity as someone, mm-hmm. I mean, this is a compliment, but your work feels so beautifully written. Oh,
2: that that's so kind. I First of all, I actually think you articulated so much of how I feel um, perfectly, which is, I do feel like I'm a writer who directs, you know, I, um, I feel like I will always be a writer, no matter if anybody pays me to do it or not. Like I have to do it. It feels like it's part of my own mental health and just um, it's how I understand myself and everything. Um, and I feel in a lot of ways, like I'm actually, I, became a director really more because I was trying to protect the writing. And I had had an experience with my first thing that I wrote where um, it sort of felt like, like it, like, you know, it was like set on a conveyor belt. And then I just watched it, you know, just sail away. And, um, and then I went to the theater and, and like, didn't recognize it. Um, And so that's a lot of the reason why I decided I wanted to direct. Um, And so They feel like they feel like two halves of a whole to me, but again, I I call myself a writer. In fact, sometimes I even forget when people, when I'm like, you know, uh, even in some of these press things, I say, I'm the writer, I'm the writer, you know, Mm -hmm. and then they're like, You're the director too. Oh, yes, I'm the director too. (laughs) Yes, that's right. Thank you. Can
3: I (laughs) ask a quick follow up Uh, (laughs) about that though? Because I I feel so the same way. And what can be challenging is sometimes I feel like this industry demands that we like, really loudly proclaim that we are a director if we want to get on set like there's so much at stake there's so much money and i kind of feel like a fraud sometimes what i really Mm -hmm. want to say is like no i'm a writer who worked my ass off on this script Mm -hmm. and bled on the page and like in that way i'm the best person to like shepherd this boat but i don't feel like i have that like bravado of being like i'm gonna have this amazing winner and like block this whole scene out and I, I find that challenging. And I don't know if if you can speak to that at all or if I'm crazy. Yeah,
2: no, 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 no. First of all, I don't do that either. Like I never, I never set up a shot thinking this will be cool. Like, or this will be like there. I don't even, I don't think about like design and aesthetics. Like I don't, I mean, aesthetics in terms of like warmth and stuff like that. But it's very emotional. It's very right. much like I'm setting up the camera because I'm because of how I feel when I see this particular frame. It has nothing to do with, oh, wouldn't this be cool if I, you know, if I did this all in one shot? Never, right. never, never, never. Um, or like if it was symmetrical or whatever, like I know my brain doesn't think that way. Um and, you know, honestly, I feel like in a lot of ways, because I've come up under Jim Brooks, like he's very much like that. He's a writer who directs, like, I think mm-hmm. he thinks of himself in that way. So that has always been my environment. It's the air I breathe. So there's, I've never known anything different. I've never known like that's not the norm. If it isn't, it's mm-hmm. to me, it's, it's the way, it's the way I come to the work. And he, So it's just always been fine. You know, <laughs> like there's nothing wrong with it. Um, yeah, I, um, and that's the thing I've like, these are things I've accepted about myself over time too. Like I've, I've started to realize over the course of like making, making the second movie, I've started to realize like what my own process is with it. Cause I've learned my process as a writer, but I've, I've only directed two movies. So it's like, I'm learning each time I, each, each time I have that experience I'm learning more what works for me.
0: And that's so important for people, our listeners to hear, especially the emerging creatives. It is a process of learning, you know, mm-hmm. you know, this incredible director just said she's only directed two movies, so she's still learning. I mean, that's just amazing, right? You're so good at it um, mm-hmm. and you're still learning. And I'd love to hear about your process on the page. Great to hear about the directing. I love that. Mm-hmm. So how? what is your process when you start a new project? Um, do you do you go to theme first? Do you card? We talk about vomit mm-hmm. drafts where you just get yes. it up. Like, what is your process? Well, the very
2: first thing I have to know is I have to know what the what the sort of emotional foundation is. I, I feel like I have to find the thing that hurts, you know? Like, I, it, I, I actually mm. have to, like, physically feel it in my body. And I'm like, oh, here's where the pain is, okay? Now, how do we explore that? And then everything everything shoots out from that feeling. Um, And uh, I do have like a general sort of outline, but I try not to be too prescriptive at that point because I want there to be like a discovery process. Um, And not to just feel like I'm I'm trying to get from like lily pad to lily pad. Like I'm actually, uh, what's so exciting to me is when the characters start to, it's almost like they just start to talk on their own. And then all of a sudden you're, you're going, Oh, you want to do that? You want to go here? Okay, let's go. You know, And it feels like they're pulling you along. Um, and it takes me a while to get there, to get to that point. Like, I feel like in the beginning, I'm just like pushing, I'm like pushing and I'm like trying to find that moment where I click into the groove and then I'm like, and then I'm going, you know, um, and it takes a while. Um, I really try to, do a shitty first draft. Um, I have to just like get out of my own way and write as fast as I possibly can um, and just let it all come out and, and not worry about it. That was though a really difficult thing for me to learn to do as a young writer because as a young writer, I was very concerned that, you know, that if I wrote a shitty first draft, it just meant I was a shitty writer, period. Like I couldn't leave it. I couldn't let it live in its like terrible state because I was worried. Like, I, I don't know. It just, it just freaked me out. It, it like undermined my own confidence in myself. And so, um, that's been something I've had to learn. I've had to learn, like, that's okay. Like, it's okay that it's bad. And, You're going to go and you're going to read it, read it back to yourself and be like, oh, my God, I'm the worst writer that ever lived. Like, I can't believe I'm so what if someone found this so embarrassing, you know, Um, but that's just part of the process. And then the through the rewriting, that's when it starts to become something that I actually can be proud
1: of. So you're writing, you get draft. When in that process, do you feel like you want to show it to people? And are there certain people you show it to at different parts along the way? Like circles?
2: Yes. Yeah. Um, I try to get it to a place where I have done everything I possibly can. And I'm like, okay, I think it's, I think, I think I've got it. And the very first person I always give it to is my husband. Um, he is always my first reader and sounding board because I feel I, I trust him creatively. Um, we have a, we have the same sense of humor. I, I think he's a great storyteller. Um, he's also he's moved by the same things I am, so it's really helpful. And and he's also safe. I know that if it's bad or if I haven't gotten it yet, like he's not gonna he's not gonna make me feel terrible about it. Um, so then so once I do that and then you know he'll have ideas or whatever then I'll go back and um and then I'll go to um and then the next thing is Jim Brooks. So in in in, in the case of these two films
0: there's a jump. So, I mean just in terms of yeah. I mean yeah. the thought of me yeah. giving my script to Jim Brooks I just got a, a pit a, a quiver in my tummy. <laughs>
1: yeah but but before you even give it to your husband you've done your shitty you've done your rough outline you've done mm-hmm. your shitty first draft how many yep. times are you going back in to work that draft before you're like oh, okay i've I... done everything i've done i've got done everything i can do
2: feel, feel honestly feels infinite i feel like i've gone back so many times i, I like i couldn't even count them because I'm, I'm i'm all over the place like rewriting and then you know you get further here and then you're like it'd be better if I actually did this thing over here to set this up. You know, so I'm all over the place the whole time.
0: Yeah. And in terms of, uh, you know, what things are about in in terms of that process, right? You're uncovering that too. Like Mm -hmm. Judy Bloom wrote this incredible book, but ultimately it has to be yours. You have to emotionally, thematically find your rudder. Did you come to a word or a sentence or a feeling or something that you were using as the rudder for, this beautiful movie like certainly there's I see a lot of self-actualization even with the beautiful Mm -hmm. mother character that you pulled out um was there a word was there something you were kind of using as your guiding star here you know it always feels like it's a feeling
2: more than anything intellectual like it's always almost like below it's weird it's like it's in my body it's like physical it's in my gut um yeah uh uh-huh Um, so it's like, I'm trying to go back to that feeling and have that feeling. And, um, and with this one though, I I think part of where that feeling stems from is her spiritual journey. I, like, I found that very, when I went back and I revisited the book, when I read it as an adult, I was so struck by it. I was so, I was so moved by the way she reaches out for something greater at this time in her life, when she feels like everything is changing, like the ground is shifting under her feet and she's just trying to like hang on to something solid that really struck me. And, and it made, it made me think about how I at that age started to like ask these bigger existential questions. Like, is there anyone out there, (laughs) you know, Um, organizing all of this, or is it just kind of like a, Like a, you know, a a cold random lottery, Um, how things turn out, whether we turn out okay or not, um, through things turn out okay or not. So that search, that kind of like her sort of longing um, for a faith in something and not quite knowing what to name it, like that, that was the feeling like, and that journey. Um, So I felt like everything was kind of going back to that. And in a weird way, all of, all the things kind of pinned to it. Yes, um,
0: yes beautiful you know what's so beautiful about that is because it it transcends age uh, economics mm. uh, culture Any you know it, it it is about being a human being and yeah uh, yes certainly at this age it's up and walking around in a very big way but we mm-hmm. can hit that question of faith and what to believe in uh, yes any age yeah. and i think that's also why i find the movie so profound because it is Bubbling in there, and you can feel mm. it. So, thank you so much. Yeah,
3: this has thank been you. so
0: amazing. Oh, sorry, Laurie, do you want to ask one more question? I did want to say, okay, uh, thank you, uh, because
1: it's the first movie that my daughter and I have watched together that she actually has watched in a long time. Usually, she <laughs> exists with something on the screen. She's like got her phone, or she's right, making yeah. art, or she's doing something. She actually sat engaged and watched this movie and she was she's 11 so she was thrilled Aww. when this little girl was 11 and she's like she says mom I see a lot of myself in her i think oh. i'm just like her and Aww. i just felt like oh she god. felt really seen and like Aww. really in a way you know she's like i'm jewish you know like i don't know what i think about god and you know she also goes <gasps> to christian school cuz yes. there's a theme in my life here but um yes. just i just thank you so much for making this movie that didn't have anything I had to stop and explain to her. Like when I saw movies from the eighties, I'm like, okay, this is why we yeah. said this back then. It it just felt like it was a beautiful movie with a lot of deep themes, but it also felt very charming and watchable mm. for me and my daughter. I didn't feel confronted by anything. I wasn't prepared to talk about with her. Mm. Um, and we've had lots of these conversations already, but like. Thank you. I got my kid to watch a movie for the first time <laughs> since the pandemic. You know, like really watch it. So oh, uh, it was I'm, it was a lovely experience. Yeah. Oh thank you. I'm so I'm so glad. Judy, I'm I'm
2: I'm uh, And thank Judy, Judy Bloom. Bloom. Yes, it's yes. Judy Bloom. Yes, yeah. Let her uh, let I her don't know. know.
0: I think <laughs> it's you. great to you give Judy. Yeah I think it's yeah. great to give Judy credit, but that movie, that book could have been really messed up and done badly. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I just you you are an incredible artist. Uh, oh. and, and I think the themes, like I said, are speaking to the adults who are coming to the movie as well. So just a spectacular movie. We just highly recommend everybody go see it, regardless of age, sex, anything. Uh, it's it's going to speak to you. And uh, thank you so oh, much for being on the show. Thank you guys we do, so much. We do end with the same three questions. So hope you're game. We're going to ask okay. you just uh, three quick little questions here. The first one is, what brings you joy? Uh, when you write or direct, create, shall we say? What, mm. what, what brings you the most joy? Oh, gosh.
2: Um, oh, that's I love when something I never expected to happen happens on the page, you know, or happens on the set. It's like I showed up and I thought there was going to be one thing that happened and this other complete surprise lands in my lap. It's so exciting and it like it gets back to that discovery process and why the writing feels like such a journey I feel like I'm gonna buckle up for it and not know where it's gonna take me and I I love that awesome so what pisses you off (laughs) what pisses me off let's see
0: um god A lot, a lot these days. Well, about your, about creating. About creating. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was like, that's a,
1: how much time do you have? We could do a whole podcast just called What Pisses You Off and have people (laughs) come on and just let them talk about stuff, right? (laughs) Okay. So what, I'll start over. What pisses Um, you off about things in your creative life, about writing or directing?
2: Oh, God. I mean, honestly, it's mostly me. Like I'm just, I'm very often I'm just. I'm I'm mad at myself through the process, or I feel like I I want to be doing better than I am, or like or I procrastinate. It's like the more I care about something, the more I procrastinate it. You know, I'm <laughs> it's the like, same.
0: I'm exactly the same. Oh,
2: and I hate that about myself because I also know I know that the one thing that is going to make me feel better is just to sit down and write it. Like when I'm procrastinating or when I'm not writing. I am so cranky. Like I'm so I'm just like, I'm like unsettled. I'm like, I'm just not right in myself. Yeah. And I know that I just need to write, but I don't (laughs) Like, what is wrong with you.
1: You know how to fix this. Why won't you do it? So yes, it's me that pisses me off. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's what we talked about at the beginning, right? Like I'm happiest when I'm writing and I'm in the lava yes. and getting zapped, but I'm terrified that I won't be able to, especially if it's something you really care about, yes. right? Like I'm not yes. going to be able to do this. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yes. Yeah.
3: So well said. I'm especially interested in this third question, Kelly, because your work is so focused on the lives of young women and girls. But we like to ask Mm -hmm. if you could go back and have a coffee with your younger self. And I think especially like your younger self Mm. right on the precipice of your creative career. What would you tell that, Kelly?
2: Oh, gosh. You know what? I would tell her to follow her own instincts and like start to develop her own compass and listen to that because I do think at the beginning of my career, I had that thing where, when you're a young writer, you sort of, um, and there are people around you who are much more experienced. You're, you're writing, saying to yourself, what would so-and-so think is good? You know? And it's, I think it's the worst way to try to write like trying to follow someone else's instincts, you know, I think you have to write what, um, what feels true and funny and, you know, uh, and emotional to you. And I wish I would have, like, I wish that younger person like had a little, had more, had more faith in her own instincts. I would tell her, I would grab her by the shoulders and say, just trust yourself a little more, you know?
1: I love that. I think this is good advice for me right now. Like there are moments in my career where I'm like, I've got this, I'm doing it. And so usually when I'm going so fast, I don't have time to think. Like Meg, you've brought that up before. But then in times where I've got like several different things going on and I'm like, oh crap, I don't, I don't. Yeah. So thank you. you That's a good reminder. Yes. Like I'm right. Yeah. I'm right is what I have to say. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you are. I mean,
2: cause yeah, at least you, yeah, exactly. Like if it makes you feel something that's,
0: it will make someone That's else feel something. If you feel exactly. it. Exactly. Yes. yes, absolutely. Thank you so much for being here. Yep. This was so yeah. fun. And I feel seen. Oh, so I feel great. seen just doing this I interview. Do Same. And, uh, Thank And your you. movie is amazing. Again, please everyone go see it. It's, it's just such a beautiful, beautiful film. And, uh,
2: Thank you so much for being here. Oh my gosh. Thank you. So I feel like I've had the best group therapy. This has been so good. Thank you guys. I really appreciate it. Where has this show been all my life?
3: I'm so glad.
2: I really wish I especially had this when I was first starting out because it is such a, it's such like a, it's so isolating, you know, especially when you're a young writer. And anyway, I think I feel like you're doing a real public service, and you're helping everyone's mental health. Exactly. (laughs) A lot of ways. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Thank you
1: guys so much. Thanks so much to Kelly for joining us on today's show.
0: Are you there, God? It's me, Margaret, drops in theaters tomorrow. Go see it. And if you haven't yet, please join us on our Facebook group. I really, I go every day. I get something out of it. I, I'm answering, we're, Gloria and I are both answering questions. We're throwing out challenges. It's really fun. And come on over to the Patreon group if you want to talk to us more one-on-one. Uh, we're doing a question and answer and a story pitch and lots of fun things for you guys. And thanks especially to
1: Jeff and Savannah for producing. And remember, you are not alone and keep writing.